We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Light Years Podcast. Andy and I are recording this midday Monday. Tax day. Andy, you paid your taxes? God, did my taxes like two months ago. You're one of those people that takes until the last day to uh, to do your taxes? That, that surprises me, Sam. You, I feel like you're someone who, number one, does your own taxes and then does them like the day that you can do them, not on the last day. So I'm surprised. <laughs> Some complications <laughs> for me this year. Um, I actually <laughs> filed an extension. So, I think my taxes are easier to do than yours. So you probably have a lot more that you have to, to take. In yeah. That well, you know, with let's that talk said, taxes, let's talk taxes. Now, um, Warriors Lakers, how hyped are you? This is the matchup that everybody wanted. Even if you feel like the Warriors aren't going to win this game, this is the matchup that you want. This is another chapter, maybe, maybe like a bookmark, maybe like a uh, footnote. In the Steph LeBron rivalry, Sam, but this is incredible. I mean, this is this is what the NBA needs, what the fans need. This is what Adam Silver needs. This is what you and I need. This is what the downloads need. This is what everyone needs. This is perfect. This is amazing. Absolutely. So, first off, just for those who aren't aware, the loser of Wednesday's game will get a second shot to make the playoffs against the winner of the Grizzlies Spurs. I think Andy probably agrees with me here. I expect both the Warriors and Lakers to make the playoffs. With that said, the bragging rights to winning Wednesday night, considering let's let's just say there's not a lot of love between Warrior fans and Laker fans, not a lot of love between NorCal and SoCal. Pretty good sports rivalry. I I think that I'm hoping this will be the start of something we see over the next couple of years. But I'm I'm just excited for tonight. Um, or sorry, Wednesday night. Now to your point. So LeBron James Sunday night politicking that Steph Curry should be the MVP. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're playing uh, uh, versus, in my, in my opinion, the MVP of our league this year. 
um, and, and Steph. So you can look at, just look what he's done this year. I mean, there's nobody, um, everybody counting him out this year. Everybody saying that, uh, well, now that, you know, Clay is hurt, can Steph lead a team um, on his own? What is he going to be able to do? Can he carry a team on his own? Can he carry a team into the postseason? Can he keep a team afloat? Um, <clears throat> he's done that and more. I couldn't help but think how different this LeBron sounds to the guy five years ago who politicked saying, just because you're the MVP doesn't mean you're the best player. The LeBron who, let's just say, did not love the amount of praise the Warriors were getting in 2015 and 16. The tone is a lot different. Andy, what are your thoughts? I guess we can, I guess there's a couple reasons why he would do this, right? For me, the number one, one of the reasons would be the better that he makes Steph Curry look, the better he looks if and when the Lakers beat the Warriors. And this is, you know, moving forward, maybe true of the next few years, right? Because I think this chapter of the LeBron-Steph rivalry, LeBron may be the favorite, right? It, it, previously, Steph was the favorite in most of the series. Um, so I think, Sam, that, that's part of it. Uh, another part of it, I think, and, and you brought this up, so I want you to talk about this more than I do, uh, but the longevity of these two guys. I was struck by this. Um, you know, the, the easy way to, to take this is LeBron creating a narrative to where he's Correct. overcoming the odds against Correct. a team he's favored against. Correct. And there's some of that. I mean, that's just who LeBron is. He's a master of narratives, master of media. On some level, you got to tip your cap to the guy in that way. Um, but I think there's a, there's a second factor here. I think a big part of LeBron's I don't want to say hate of Steph, but kind of like disdain about like the Steph love fest that was 2014 to 16 is he felt like he got too much love too soon. I think there was a lot of LeBron, like, dude, I've been in the league 12 years. I've been the best player in the league for like the last five or six, whatever, you know, we can argue about when he was the best player. Um, and this guy's the new guy on the block and you're just fawning all over him. And that's going to make a guy, you know, kind of as proud as LeBron feel a certain way. Right now, I'm not trying to run, you know, uh, sympathy angles for LeBron, but I'm just saying I felt like that was a driving reason for the way he acted the way he did. You know how like um, 49ers offensive lineman oh tweeted still here after he played one good game out of 16 on some level. I think that is what's going on here with Steph. Steph is, Still here. We are seven years removed from those first finals. And I can't believe you just, I, can't I don't know why I went with McGlinchey, but yes, I'm just going with, <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying at a certain point, I think LeBron is just looking at him going, this dude's for real. This dude is the only guy who challenges me. This dude does not matter that he lost Clay Thompson does not matter that KD left does not matter that Iguodala, well, Livingston retired Iguodala, is semi-retired semi -retired, like, yeah, all those guys are gone like they are the preeminent rivals they are destined to always meet at a certain point i think it's the longevity is probably what has garnered this i don't want to say love from lebron but a level of you know what how i feel about him doesn't matter because no matter what you do he finds a way yeah, I think that's a spectacular observation and point that you made. It, it does remind me of the Batman and uh, Joker meme when when yeah. when Joker's upside down and he's saying like, hey, we're destined to meet forever. And I think that's 
this is what it feels like. I think there is a little bit of, um, you know, we know this is how great Steph is. We know Steph could have done this in 2015. You and I, all Warriors fans, but whether we like it or not, this is what people were questioning. Dame, Dame, you know, Portland fans were questioning this. KD was questioning this. KD's fans, you know, all these Russell people. Russell Westbrook fans. Russell James Harden fans. Down the line. I mean, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally everyone outside Just of the can't, can Steph do this? Can right? Can Steph do this? We don't know if he can do this. Well, you know, for one thing, they won the title with Steph as the main person, and then the other thing, he didn't have to do it like this, right? Why would he do it like this? So, um, because his team was awesome, he made them amazing. He helped them win titles. That's more important. But I think him doing that in this one year, I think, yeah, you're right. I think LeBron probably looked at this and said, I, I went through the same thing when he went to the Lakers that first season. Remember when he got hurt? They were kind of fighting to be a, well, I guess they were the four, five, six seed, but they weren't really that yeah, 20, good. That's 20 games. Now. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And, and so I think when he got hurt, they kind of fell apart. I think LeBron was like, yeah, this was kind of, this was going to be me. And I think he looks at Stephanie says, man, 33 years old. He's six, three. He's not me. You know, LeBron's six, nine, six, 10. And this guy carried that team to, to the eighth seed to the postseason, and he's that good. Yeah, probably there's part of him that does mean this, and I think that's pretty cool too. And I and I'm I'm not trying to um, justify how LeBron feels. Uh, you know, you guys can decide whether you think it's fair or not. But it is a thing. It's not just LeBron. It's like greats of previous eras too. They don't get as impressed with a flash in the pan season. It's the longevity that gets them. And Steph doing this at age 33, basically doing the same thing he did at 26 at age 33. Whenever he's been healthy over the last seven or eight years, he's been this dude. And he was dealt a really terrible hand this season. Clay Thompson going down literally the day of the draft, awful, awful hand. The roster has not done him any favors. He's had rookies. He's had G leaguers. He's had two-way guys. Um, couple NBA guys mixed in there and they figured it out. I, I do think there is a level of sincerity in LeBron's comments where it's just kind of like at a certain point, you can't, you can't deny it. I feel like warrior fans also probably feel the same way about LeBron to some level. They may not like him. They may roll their eyes at him at a certain point. You just kind of tip your cap to guys like, well, he is that good. Greatness is greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Greatness is greatness. Like, the fact that people didn't didn't really see the Warriors team that went 16 and one and then the back-to-back title for what they are, how great they were. Like, it don't make sense. We watched LeBron do this at, at whatever age he is like, that's greatness is greatness. I think we're, we're starting to, uh, I think LeBron and Steph are hit that part of their rivalry now where it's less so like, I don't like you. Like there's that kind of bitterness there. I think it's more like, I want to beat you. You want to beat me, but we both, I think they're just both like, Hey, you, you, we're both awesome. Let's go try to beat each other, but it's not. There's no cupcakes being made, is what I'm trying to say. There's no. There's no. Uh, what was it? The 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 cookies that were made of the Steph graveyard. Yeah, yeah, the graveyard cookies. Like that. That phase of this rivalry is over. Like that. That's done for. I think these guys they respect each other too much now, but it doesn't mean that they still don't want to beat each other as on Wednesday night. And part of its age. LeBron's 36. I don't that's know how many more years he has. All get like old. Steph's 33. Uh, we all think Steph has a, a few more years of this level in him but they're closer to the end than they are to the beginning. It's a little more admiration, you know, a little more admiration there. Uh, I think it's, I think it's sincere because, because I do, because we, we. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Watch the league, and I don't think there's any two players who matter more to the NBA over the last 10 years. It's it's honestly not that close. Yep. You know, like Kevin Durant is phenomenal. He has a case to be as he, he has a case to be on that level as a basketball player, but is he as relevant to the rivalries and everything? It's, it's debatable, you know, and, and he's going to go down all time. He's one of the best players I've ever seen and you know, all that stuff, but it's the rivalry still goes back to Steph and LeBron and it yep. always will. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash light years and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get roman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right. I want to talk about the game a little bit. Let's let's actually do some some game preview here. Um, we'll get on Andy's coach's hat, get the whistle in your mouth to start yelling. Um Warriors are currently minus uh Minus four and a half. So the Lakers are the favorite. They should be the favorite. There's no reason for this Lakers team to be a seven seed other than injuries. I think we all pretty feel pretty confidently fully healthy. They're the most, uh, the best team in the West. But with that said, they have injuries. We don't really know how they are. So I'm going to start with this. How do you think they're going to guard Steph Curry? We know the answer. If the listeners don't know the answers here, I'm, I'm, I'd be very, uh, I'd be very, uh, very, very sad, disappointed. They're going to double Steph. They're going to triple Steph. And they're going to make – and this – they did this when the Warriors had great role players around them. And they did this when the Warriors had Kevin Durant around Steph, right? So there is no reason why they wouldn't do this now. It's not going to be a 
oh, let's just have Steph go off for 40 and we're going to lock everybody else up. There is no chance of that happening. It's going to be throw two guys, three guys at Steph, no matter what, hound him with your Alex Caruso types, your your, your KCP types, and then obviously have AD uh, guard Dre and have him, uh, uh, have him hard double when the screen is set. So that's how they're going to guard him, Sam. I think it, it works when you have uh, role players that don't pass. Kelly Oubre, for example. Like, he's just going to shoot every time. That's probably not going to work out. It's not going to win you a, uh, a game. But, Sam, I don't know. I, I guess I'm relatively optimistic because I think the Warriors have figured out, like, some type of relocation basketball against triple teams that we've never seen before. I've never seen Steph Curry go backdoor after double teams as much as he's had in the last month. And I, and I think maybe that'll be a good thing. And you've got guys on the Warriors eight-man rotation right now that all they do is pass the Steph. So I think on one hand, that's how they guard them. And on the other hand, I think the Warriors have maybe figured something out. Do you agree against some of these doubles and triples? They absolutely have figured something out, but I'll, I'll start on the Laker point. So one, the Lakers have two guards who are really good at pressing, and that's uh, KCP and Caruso. Uh, as opposed to Memphis, who just had one, they had Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks wore down. Dylan Brooks eventually fouled out. Just by having two bodies, it, like the Warriors aren't going to foul out Caruso and KCP. That's 12 fouls instead of six to play with. And they probably shouldn't get as tired because you don't need to have one specific guy being the guy who's hounding Steph nonstop. So just by virtue of that, they're set up a little better by having two guards who let's be real. They're going to grab hold and bump Steph for 45 minutes, however long he plays. Right. Secondarily, the other big difference, which is a huge one, help defense from Anthony Davis, help defense from LeBron James is a little better than help defense from Jaron Jackson Jr. Who I thought was actually really good and definitely a lot better than Jonas Valanciunas. Like if I was to design the perfect team to guard the Warriors, it's either the Lakers or the Bucks. You got the big who moves like a guard and you have a bunch of physical perimeter guys who you can just stick on Steph to just bump him and hopefully wear him down all day. So I, we know how they're going to guard him. Like they, there's nothing new about the game plan. It's going to look like Memphis's game plan. It's just the fact that they have better athletes and more bodies to do it, which is going to make it tough. With that said, there's not a better conditioned athlete in the NBA than Steph Curry. And as great as LeBron and AD can be on defense at their ceiling, how healthy are they really? You know, like that's the thing. They're healthy enough to play a regular season game. Are they healthy enough to play playoff basketball at the level they need to against Steph? Because as much as you bump Steph, I don't think you can really wear him down. Like he, he's just, he's the, he's in the best shape of anyone in the NBA. He's going to run. He might run a full marathon on Wednesday, he might run 26.2 miles, you know, like, it, so that's where it becomes interesting. Um, do, does the fact that the Lakers are a little banged up and haven't really played in tight games at all as a unit, probably since Christmas or anything, does it matter? I don't know. I, I think I made this point on the locked on pod that we did with the uh, Kamensky bros is if, the, if this game is close in the end, I think that actually really favors the Warriors because I know Steph won't be worn down at the end of the game, but I don't know what LeBron and AD look like given the injuries they're coming off of. They've been kind of on minutes limits all, you know, since they've come back. Are, 
my prediction, my kind of vision for this game is based on LeBron and AD looking relatively healthy. And, and that's where your, your point, you're right, right? Like, we don't know. I think the last few games, LeBron has looked pretty good. Two games. <laughs> he's looked pretty good. Anthony Davis, um, he's been up and down. I think he's had some amazing games, and he's had some whatever games. Then he sits out a game or here or two. So we, I don't, like, I don't know. I'm just going to assume that those guys are at least 80% healthy. Here's the other point, too. Uh, Steph has been struggling with this three as much as, well, quote unquote, struggling. Yesterday, he shot nine for 22, which is funny because that's 40%. Did it feel like you watch him shoot those days? You're like, yeah, he's done. He's missing a lot of threes, but 40% is better than any player in the existence of basketball right. uh, history. I, there is a flamethrower game coming. Um, is it on Friday if they lose this game uh, on Wednesday against Memphis? Like, does he have that in him? Or is it actually against the Lakers? Part of that is there is not much you can do, though if you're the Lakers, if he is on fire, right? I, I think this, as as great as that defensive just team hitting is built from to the logo them. over and over. You're right, you're right. There's not much you can do can other do. than literally commit four bodies, in which case someone like Wiggins should have a great night. Um, I want to bring up one thing on the LeBron note. He's played two games. He did look good. He played less than 30 minutes in both those games. Anthony Davis, I know, has played above 30 minutes, but he's been on a similar type of minutes watch. If this game is tight, those guys will need to go 40 minutes. And that is where, that's where the injuries show themselves. Like we, we can talk about 2016. I don't think the injury, the, the injury that Steph suffered in the playoffs showed itself in him getting worn down, him not being able to go 42 to 44 minutes because his knee would start bothering him. And it's just a general thing you deal with with injuries. So it's like, I'm not saying that they can't play 40 plus minutes. I'm saying, I don't know. And let's be real. If they never got hurt, they wouldn't be in the play in to begin with. So there has to be some level of doubt for on the Lakers side for you to think the Warriors can actually pull this off. Uh, another fascinating part, I think, if, if we're kind of talking about adjustments and, and kind of what these guys are going to do in a one game series, what, what happens between Steve Kerr and Frank Vogel? How does Steve Kerr, what's his game plan for one game, right? Does he stick to, you got a smile on your face. Well, does he stick to the offense that he's run so far? I think the first five, six minutes of that Memphis game was pretty, was pretty telling, right? Let me, let me ask you this. Um, Cause uh, on the locker room pod, which is posted in the feed, we went right after the show. So it was like initial observations. Now that you have like a day to marinate on it, how did you feel about Steve Kerr's coaching, how quick he was with adjustments versus Memphis? I actually thought it was really good. <laughs> I thought it was great. I, I thought, um, and sometimes I can't tell if it's Steve Kerr, if it's Steph Curry. I, I think I'd have to guess that it's Steve Kerr, right? I, I think Steph is kind of willing to go along with what Steve is going to apply, the adjustments he's going to apply. Um, and I think Steve would say, it, would say, hey, let's get the ball into Steph's hands instead of this other stuff that we've tried, because it's not going to work in a playoff setting because Dylan Brooks is just going to be able to hack Steph all game long. He fouled out, but he also fouled him 25 times beforehand, right? He, he's doing the, he's doing the uh, cornerback stuff where it's, you can't call PI every single play. Yeah. You just can't. The, the Legion Chuck of Boom, you can't call him every play. Chuck yeah. Daly said that uh, to the bad boys. That was their, that was their game plan for guarding Jordan in the eighties. They can't call a foul on every play. Just hit him. It's the same game plan. It's just, you know, it's Jordan driving to the rim instead of Steph running in circles around the three-point line. But it's the same concept, right? You're not going to call a foul every time. I actually think that's probably part of the reason the Warriors beat Memphis. They only had one guy 
the Lakers have multiple guys. Theoretically, that's just more fouls you can spread around, right? Um, To your point, I thought Steve was excellent on Sunday. What I saw from him was everything I've wanted, which was read the moment. The, they started with Looney and Draymond. They, Steph couldn't get open. They were feeling him out. They realized six minutes in, this isn't going to work. Let's go small immediately. And I think that's the sort of stuff we've wanted to see. And, you know, credit or credit due to Steve Kerr. I think uh, I've seen some comments like, oh, how do you guys feel about Steve now? I think Andy and I have been as consistent. When Steve's doing stuff we think is good, we give him credit. When Steve's doing stuff that we don't like, we call it out. If you want us just to lie and say we like everything and this 20-point loss is actually a moral victory, go listen to another show. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to be myself. I'll admit if I'm wrong, and I'm calling as I see it. I think Steve was wonderful against the Grizzlies. If he uses that same type of strategy against the Lakers, I like the Warriors' chances to make it interesting. And I think, quite frankly, over the last month, since almost have been the hand has been forced to them, I have very little complaints. Actually, probably no complaints for the coaching. I was going to say, it's, it's been weeks since we've said anything <laughs> about mm-hmm. the coaching because they've been awesome. I think Jordan Poole's uh, confidence, Jordan Poole's insertion as the main primary ball handler off the bench has been awesome. The Nico Mannion stuff, it didn't work. And Steve said, get him out of there. We're not going to see him ever again. Uh, Steve also didn't decide to throw Eric Pascal into a game. Cause you know, that sometimes Steve be doing that where he just throws a guy in and says, you know, what's going to happen. J- James right? Michael McAdoo get in there. Yeah. Those have not seen that at all. And I think that's perfect. Right. Have not seen, uh, you know, beginning of the season, ironically against the Grizzlies, he threw smiley in there, right. They didn't have to, they didn't have no one, but you didn't have to play smiley. And then honestly, that's probably why they lost the game right now. The urgency is, is, is I think the best, the biggest we've ever seen. Um, and I think that's really the way that he brought in uh, Draymond Green yesterday when JTA got hurt, uh, and he brought him in with 10 minutes left. 10 minutes left in the second quarter, and he or, or whatever. He brought fourth him a quarter. lot earlier, fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, same with Steph, who came in 9, 10 minutes left as well. And so those are kind of like shallow adjustments that are pretty obvious, but I think the put the ball in Steph's hands, put the ball in Draymond's hands type of stuff is – when was the last time, Sam? Let me ask you this. When was the last time we saw Kent Bazemore? you know, run a pick and roll and dribble himself out of bounds, right? Like, when was the last time we saw that stuff? That's true. That was maybe April. Like, literally going back a month. That's that's really what it is. The ball is now finding the people it should on a more consistent basis. And that's just something they had to do. Like, you, they needed to stop running the 2016 Warriors offense with these players. Like, Bazemore is not Andre Godala. You know what? They figured that out and they're no longer asking him to be a secondary playmaker and do some yep. of the things he's not capable of doing. They've simplified his role. Just, just be the bent Kent Bazemore you can be. You know, Kent's, Kent's a useful player. Let him play his game. Don't ask him to be something he isn't. I, I think wanna, that bolts well. Bolts yeah. Well. Um, back to your matchup point on the coaching. I think this is the most interesting thing. The Lakers also deal with the same thing the Warriors do where the fan base does not love how they stay big too often. Andre Drummond, Trez, instead of playing AD at the five. And we know AD doesn't really like to play the five, but against the Warriors, they probably need him to. So if I was a, if I was a betting man, I would say how much the Lakers go small tells you how much they really want to win this game. Because if, they, if they're playing with urgency, like we don't want to play on Friday, 
they should probably go to AD at the five early and try to blow the Warriors out. If they want to mess around a little bit, we're going to see a lot of Drummond and a lot of uh, Gasol and Trez in there instead of just playing their ideal lineup. Now, I think there is a bit of an identity type of thing with with the Lakers where I think they do feel like, hey, if we go big, this is this is who we are, right? I think the Laker, uh, the Warriors having a big man in the past, I don't know if that was their identity. I think that, at least not pa- past Andrew Bogut, past the days of Andrew Bogut. Um, their identity was always small ball, Draymond at the five. I think a little part of the, the Lakers are, hey, we just, we like to play the bully ball style. We do want to play Andre Drummond out there, Marcus Saul out there, Anthony Davis out there, LeBron James and play three, or four, three out of four of those guys. So I don't think that they're going to go small ball um, un- unless it's absolutely necessary. I also think that you run the risk if you're the Lakers that you could get beat at your own, at your best style. Like, I don't, I don't think the AD at the five small ball means death for the Warriors. Uh, I, I think throughout in, in a five minute stretch, I think throughout a game, I think the Warriors going big could be death for the Warriors, though. Because the Warriors are, you can't play Draymond 40, 48 minutes at the five. They are going to start with Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney got bullied by Jonas Valanciunas yesterday. This is another problem with the big guy stuff is Looney's awesome, but he's also not like not he's that not big. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not. Like, Draymond Green is a lot better than guarding Jonas at the five than anyone else, and that's obvious. But, like, just because Looney's bigger than Draymond doesn't mean he should be out there. And so I think what I'm trying to say is it might work out for the Lakers if Looney's out there that they play Davis and they play Drummond. Or I think it really should be Marcus Hall. But I think that's just their identity. Um, But in And to go back on your point earlier, and, and, and this I think is pretty important, if you're to play the last six minutes of the game, crunch time, 80 at the five, Draymond at the five, I don't know if that's automatically, hey, the Lakers are going to win. I, I don't know. I think, I think the no, win... No, but if, it does give them a... They match up better than most teams at it. But, yes, correct, correct. But I, I just think that the first 42 minutes, though, I think it may be a problem for the Warriors that the Lakers are that much bigger. I think that's more of a problem than I think AD at the five for the last six. That, that is, okay, so, so you're talking about the rebounding. The Warriors are not a good rebounding team. So that is, one of, nine. that is one of the key things to watch. Like, how much can the Warriors get away with playing small? Like, it's okay if the Lakers out rebound them a little bit. It's going to probably be a problem if it's like 25 rebound differential like that. Like that Minnesota game a couple of weeks ago where you're just like, can they get a single rebound? Why does the other team have 57 to the Warriors having like 32? Sometime that's kind of the concern. Let's take this to X factors in the game then. Who do you have as the Warriors X factor? It's got to be the guy that, uh, it's got to be Jordan Poole. It, I think it's, it's the guy that can turn a series, turn a game, I should say, in six minutes. Those non-Steph minutes, which are getting shorter, smaller and smaller and smaller. Steph played 40 minutes yesterday. So six minutes off in the in the second and then two minutes off in the fourth. Um, Jordan Poole has the ability to extend the lead. He also has the ability to close the game, close halves uh, next to Steph. So I think that's pretty important. Uh, shooting 40% from three in the last week, I think, or so. A uh, couple weeks which I think is, is probably unsustainable. But hey, in a one-game series, he's also the, another guy that I feel if you're in a big game, he's not scared. Uh, I can see Andrew Wiggins being scared. I don't know if I can see Jordan Poole being scared. I think he's too, he's too cocky. He's too confident. In a good way. In a good in way. In a good way, yeah. I agree with you. I think he, I think he is a, 
he is an X factor. Um, I'm going to go with Wiggins more so though. I think Wiggins has a chance to be more disruptive on defense. Um, I think he made a lot of excellent plays against Memphis yesterday, getting loose balls. If he can do that sort of stuff, it's going to be huge for the Warriors. They are at a size discrepancy. They need the Wiggins who gets 10 rebounds like he got yesterday, not the run of the mill, you know, Tuesday night in February Wiggins who gets two rebounds. They need that from him. And uh, I'm going to go with Wiggins. I think he needs to give them a big game. I think he needs to capitalize on Steph's gravity. And I think they need him to be able to single cover LeBron. He's not going to shut down LeBron, but if he can make life difficult for LeBron, so Draymond doesn't have to overhelp and everything, that will go a long way in their ability to compete. Um, what about on the Lakers side? Who do you have the next factor over there outside of LeBron and AD, of course? I think KCP. I think he's the LeBron is a genius at finding the open shooters. And anytime we've seen this in the history of, of LeBron versus Steph, he needs, he always needs a guy to make threes. Steph does. Everybody does. But I think KCP is that guy for the Lakers that if he can make those corner threes, I mean, this, this baby might be over before it gets started, right? This baby might be over in the first quarter. So he's also the guy that's going to be hounding and fouling Steph. He's, he's, he's your typical goon, your three and D goon. He's going to hit Steph coming off the ball, and then he's going to hit corner threes um, or not hit corner threes. Like, he's that guy for them. I think if he has a good game, going to go, gonna go six, six for eight from three or two for eight. One JR Smith, he's the new day J.R. Smith, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Mm. He's the new age J.R. Smith that he's just going to be the tough guy that, I mean, I guess you could the West Matthews, but like, I don't know how much he plays now. So I'm going KCP. He's the X Factor. I'm going to go Drummond. You kind of talked me into it. I think Drummond will go a long way in determining the impact of this game. If Drummond just eats on the glass and the Warriors are down, you know, there's like a 20 rebound discrepancy at halftime, they have zero chance. If Drummond can't keep up with the Warriors pace and is a liability on defense, that could turn the game in the favor for the Warriors. I, I think we've all said this, like, you know, I don't know that this Warriors team without clay and with the current construct could beat the Lakers in a best of seven, but in a single game, they're dangerous. So I'm going to go with Drummond because I think he's going to swing the game for the Lakers more than K. Like, I just think KCP is more consistent is really what it comes down to. I think, yeah, that's, that's a great pick. And here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think that those big lineups are good for the Lakers. Or they're trying, they're, it's just, they're going to play them. And if they're going to play them and you're the Warriors, I mean, like, do you just start off with Draymond at the five and, and JT at the four and just say, screw it, <laughs> right? Maybe if this was the game seven, I would say may maybe you just throw it out there and say, whatever, let's let's just see how it works. But uh, but I think Looney is going to play, and, and he should. And I think that that for someone like Drummond, we saw with, with, with Jonas that like, he could – he could Jonas had 29 yesterday, Sam. I didn't even feel like he – like he was just nonstop, little floaters, put back dunks. You know, stuff like that repeatedly all game long. Uh, and you can see some of that maybe from Andre Drummond. So I can see the X Factor stuff. I, I, I just hate to think about the, the big uh, working against the Warriors because we just, we've seen the Warriors beat it so often. But, um, but yeah, I think that the Lakers have that identity. All right. So walk, walk me through how the Warriors win this game. If I was to tell you, walk me, give me a scenario. How did the Warriors win this game? You're getting – so there's three things. I think it's it's all mostly on offense for me, and I maybe you'll go the other way. But 
Steph, you're going to get a game where he's going to shoot the best as he's ever shot in the past couple of weeks, right? He's been shooting. He's going to finally have a good game at Staples. Yeah, I think that's easy. Everybody knows that. I think you're getting at least two threes from Draymond, um, and you're getting one of them in crunch time, right? So classic Draymond in, in, a, in a big game type of performance. And then I think the third piece is uh, Juan Toscano Iguodala. I think you need that type of game from him. You need the type of game where Juan Toscano Anderson's going to hit four threes. four threes. Yeah, yep. yeah there you go. Like, he's going to have to hit four threes, and that's how they, that's how they win the game. Like, he's obviously going to play. He's going to have to play 30 minutes, maybe more. He's going to be the small ball four. Right, he's guarding LeBron. You talked about Wiggins guarding LeBron. JT is going to get some shot. Yeah, he's going to get some. He's going to get a shot at it. He's going to be solid enough. LeBron's you know a little bit older and he's hurt. So and he's going to make a bunch of threes. I think those are the things that you're going to see if the Warriors are going to win against the Lakers. All right, I like it. I'm I'm going to give you my three. Uh, They're somewhat similar, but but not really. One starts with one of Draymond or JTA has to hit like multiple has to hit threes. I don't need them. If they both hit shots, that's great. But one of them has to have the three for five night. One of those type of things where the, you know, end of the possession balls in JTA's hands and he fires and makes it. They're going to need some, one of those guys to do it Two, They're going to force a lot of turnovers. They, they, they're not going to win the rebounding battle. The way they're going to beat the Lakers is by causing pressure and getting out in transition it's going to be Juan Toscano Anderson or Draymond getting three or four steals. Baysmore getting a couple steals. Wiggins getting a couple steals. That sort of stuff that gets them into transition because they're going to, anytime they get in the half court, it's going to be Steph running circles till you're open because that's their half court offense, right? So I think, I think turnovers are probably the biggest stat that the Warriors can win. They, they're going to probably lose a rebounding battle, but I need them to win turnovers. And the final one, one of Wiggins or Poole, I think, actually, let me take that back. They need to combine for 35 points. Minimum, Ooh. I need them to, I don't care how it gets done. Maybe they both get 18 points. Maybe Poole gets 25 and, and Wiggins only gets 12 or 13. But I need a combined 35 plus from the two of them. If Wiggins has a solid 17-point game and Poole gives you seven or eight points, it's not getting it done. They're not getting no, scoring no. from other places. Steph is probably good for 40. They still have to come up with 60 somewhere else. I, I agree. And here's one more thing, because we're talking all offense. Um, you talked about turnovers. Uh, Draymond and AD is the matchup. I think that that's the matchup that we've seen for years. We saw it when AD was in New Orleans, but that was seven years ago. And here we are. Still, now you get a big game with Draymond and AD. Draymond is, uh, I would say, AD is the only guy that I've seen that can just shoot right over Draymond, score on him consistently. Draymond's the only guy that I've seen that gets right under AD um, and pushes him out of the paint and makes him take those shots, right? You don't want AD taking those five-foot hook shots that he's just, he's automatic. But AD's also built up a three-point shot that's pretty unstoppable now at this point. So if you don't have to throw doubles at those guys, you've got a shot. Uh, Excuse me, if you don't have to throw doubles at AD, you've got a shot. And so if Draymond can say, I can guard this guy without fouling out, getting technicals, and it could just be a one-on-one mano-a-mano, you've live got a with, shot. Live with the fact he's going to hit a few the shots where you're just like, damn, you know? What you don't want is him fouling you out and getting 20 free throw attempts. Yep. So. Yep. And, he's, and he's a flopper, right? He's a flopper. So there are going to be some of those BS fouls. Uh, but he's also, I think you threw this out there. Uh, he shot, what, an incredible mid-range percentage last year in the, in the postseason. Just something that was, it was KDS. Kevin Durant level, yeah. 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 Like, if he shoots like that, sure. But 
if you can get them back to some normal mid-range percentage, then then you've got a shot at it and they don't have to double. It's the same with LeBron, right? Same story with those guys, but I think AD's a, a better offensive player. He's a lot better offensively. And I think if Draymond Definitely better play one on one there. Yeah. One on one there, then 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 the Warriors have a chance. All right. Appreciate it. Everyone subscribe, rate. We'll see you Wednesday night. Whoa, 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 whoa. Should we do two seconds of predictions? Okay. Yeah, Did yeah, you sorry. stop recording? Two no, seconds. No, no, two no. seconds. No. All right. All right. Who do you have? We got we, we got to at least do predictions before we get out of here. You know what? I'll, I'll be the homer. I'm going to Warriors. I'm saying it's a tight game. I'm going to say the Lakers having not played any tight games because the injuries is going to have them not executing and Steph's going to get hot at the end. I do think it does not work in the Lakers' favor if it's tight down the stretch. But there's a very good chance the Lakers blow them out early too. So... I don't know why I asked you because I kind of knew what you were going to say. I should have had you close that out. But, yeah, I, I think that the Lakers are going to win. Um, I, I think this is one of those games where you, the Warriors don't have enough, right? They had enough against Memphis. I don't know if they have enough against the Lakers. But uh, what I said, what I thought of is maybe Steph goes for 40, 45. I don't even know if that's still enough <laughs> uh, against this team. That That's the thing. But, that's like uh, the baseline. <laughs> like they <laughs> need that. To start the conversation. Be, they yeah. need that. Um but no, it's going to be a great game. Another great chapter in the uh, in the Steph-LeBron rivalry. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night locker room postgame. Thanks, everyone. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.